Welcome everyone to this episode of Awaken the Possibilities. I'm your host, Terry Wilderman, and I love interviewing people who have something really special to bring to the table, because after all, it's about elevating our business, our lives, and our leadership to be able to really bring out the best in ourselves so that we can bring out the best in others. Today's guest come from, comes from over the pond from the UK, and I'm very excited to introduce Dean Fox to you. Dean is a leading mindset coach, trainer, consultant, entrepreneur, and speaker. He's based in the Northeast of England, and we were just chatting that I lived in the, the Southern part of England uh, for two and a half years. They are different, <laughs> they are different. <laughs> Dean has trained and coached thousands of entrepreneurs across the country with his powerful message. He started his life as an engineer in the steel industry and carved out a career by continually learning and trying new things, progressing from engineer to national sales ma manager with a major blue chip company. But he always knew that there was more to life than the day-to-day -day grind of the job of man at play on target. His first taste of entrepreneurship and personal development came after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 2005, and he started to get involved in real estate investing and development. In 2008, financial crisis nearly cost him everything and he was on the verge of losing his home. His whole life changed in 2010 when he was involved in a major road traffic accident and he began to assess what was important in his life. Welcome to the show, Dean. Thank you. I'm really honored and it's a pleasure to be here. And I need to share, by the way, everybody, here's the book, Rich, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And actually, this one has all three of Kiyosaki's books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Rich Dad's Cashflow Quadrant, and Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. So let me ask you, do you still use what's in these books? I do indeed. Yes. Really? Well, that's good. To, that's good to know because I haven't been. I've had this for about a decade. And I haven't been able to get through this whole volume because of the books in there. You know. Um, so, Dean, there seems to be in the professional development industry and as coaches, there always seems to be a why as to why we do what we do, and it seems like that traffic accident triggered you and helped you leap into your why can you share with us what that's about please yeah so i um i had a, a period of time my wife and i between 2008 and 2010 where as you alluded to in the, in the intro um we had some real financial difficulties because of the business and and the the economic crisis that happened around that time um and then the car accident was the culmination of two or three years of things that had happened um, and what that meant was that um, despite, you know, it was fairly serious and despite almost being killed in the accident, the, the, the follow-up period of that required maybe somewhere between eight and 10 months of, of rehabilitation, both physical and, and obviously psychological. Sure. And I think that what really happened was that that period for me personally was probably the, it was the toughest six to 10 months even even through the difficult time of the financial crisis, that was probably the hardest um, uh, period of my life. And it, I think a number of things happened. 
one was that um, uh, as as we have this conditioned and uh, social conditioning that as men we're the um, the providers for the household. Right. I physically wasn't be, being able to do that um, because I, because of the the injuries, and I could feel the the difficulties that my, my my both myself and my family were feeling at the time from from the financial pressure that we were under and al- although we had some real good support from friends and family it doesn't distra- detract from the personal anguish that you go through in that in that period mm-hmm. and i was getting um on a downward spiral I, I, you know my my life was appearing to become darker and darker and darker mm-hmm. and what i found was really difficult was um, despite the fact that you know my wife and I have a really close and, and, and wonderful relationship, I found it really difficult to share with her what I was going through. Um, and I, I didn't want to share it with anybody else. I wanted to try and find a way out. But what, I, what happened was that just led me deeper and deeper into um, you know, a more uh, difficult period, you know, a, more, a deeper depression than I'd felt previously. What a timely story with what is going on right now. So many people have lost their home, not their homes, but have lost their work, have lost their businesses. In the United States, we had the largest uh, week last, or the biggest week last week of folks who have uh, lost their jobs because of this virus. So your story is so amazingly timely. So Dean, what did you do to elevate yourself out of that darkness? So I think that the first thing that I, I, I share with people is that, that I reached a point where um, I couldn't really go any further. I'd, um, I tell the story that, you know, it was early December of 2010. And I think the culmination was that we were probably about two and a bit weeks away from, from Christmas. And the added pressure of knowing that that would probably be our, our most difficult period with two young children um, uh, and everything that was going on. Um, you know, I got to a point where I, I, I didn't feel like I could go on. Uh, and I, I, I left home one morning for, to, I said to my wife that I was going for a, a walk. I needed some fresh air. But in reality, I, I didn't have any intention of returning home. Um, I'd gone to the woodlands near where I live and, and um, I, I, I planned to end my life that day, essentially. Uh, I felt that um, people, my family in particular, but people would be better off without me, um, that it, it was... You know, I was causing more of the issues than than solving them. Um, but what happened that day, and I, I would never have been able to, to to say this, you know, three or, even three or four years ago. But having made a decision, I sat in a clearing not far from in the woodland, and, I, and I'd made a decision that that's what I was going to do. I was going to end my life that day. But having made that decision, for, for an unknown reason at that time, I I just felt a complete calm and peace came over me uh, and I didn't know why I'd been angry right up until that point hugely angry with the world and myself and everybody else but at that point when I made the decision I just felt really peaceful and calm and f- just for a moment I-, I saw with a bit of clarity that well okay maybe if, if I was gonna if my life was gonna end and I didn't have a purpose it could have ended eight months before in the car accident and it didn't. And perhaps that means that there's maybe something else that I should be doing other than why I'm sitting here. And that drove me to ask some questions about myself. 
uh, and I, and I, I did go home. I returned back, and and it was just those those questions about well, there must be more to life than this. Then, um, why am I here? What's my purpose? And 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 why I, why am I at this point? And why have I gone through everything I've gone through? And I I went back home, and I took a I was looking for some inspiration. I think. Um, and I'd always been a, a reader of, of books and I took a book from the bookshelf, which I'd read before, but didn't, I never really resonated with me in any way. And it, but it had some meaning because it was a book that my son bought me on the return journey of a holiday we'd been on in 2008. So the last family holiday we took before the financial crisis, he bought me a book in the airport. Um, and, and I took it off the shelf to read that. And I was just looking for something really. And the book was Think and Grow Rich. And, um, it, it, there was a lots of things I saw in that book that day. I couldn't put it down. That I read it all night. Um, and there was lots of things I saw in that book that I'd, even though I'd read it before, that I'd never, ever seen in that book before. Um, and, you know, we, I say often now that we don't see things that weren't there. They were obviously in the book every time I'd read it. But I was in a different place then. Um, and I saw things in me that I probably hadn't seen before rather than in the book. And it just really started me on a journey of questioning, okay, if, if, if I'm here and I've gone through all of this, there must be a reason for it. And my job, my purpose is to find out what that reason is uh, and to understand it and be able to share it with other people. Um, otherwise, it would have been pointless to have survived the car accident. Right, exactly. What a wonderful story. And what i hear in this story is that you listened and that's something that i want to encourage people i don't like to use the word i want i encourage people please listen to those intuitive hits that come because there's a reason for those hits if dean you had not listened to that you would not be sitting in front of me Absolutely. Right? sharing your story with our audience that needs to hear this message. So I'm curious, is there a specific passage that you can remember in Thinking Grow Rich that stuck with you? Or an idea, not necessarily a passage, but is there an idea that came through that had you saying, aha, I get it? There was, there's two aspects to it, I think. One was, um, the first thing that really struck me was the number of times um, that um, Napoleon Hill talks about intuition, about um, the subconscious mind and about how, how our mind works and how that can help us deliver what it is that we want and how we can achieve things. And the second big thing was where it talks about masterminds um, and accessing people uh, and using their IQ, for want of a better phrase, um, yeah, to, to support your growth and journey. Um, and that's kind of what I did from there on in, really. I, I, I kind of tried to surround myself with people who, were, who were, I felt were way better than me um, in, in every aspect of what I wanted to achieve. So people who had been there and done things that I wanted to do. And I spent every, um, every opportunity and every penny that I had spare in anything that we did from there on in, um, trying to, um, you know, read the best information, work with the best mentors and coaches, attend events wherever I could um, all over the world uh, to understand why I felt the way I did or why I'd gone through the things that I went through um, 
in order to, to, to try and understand how my mind was working and, and how I could change that and transform it in order to live um, the life that I really wanted to live. So how did all of those things lead you to where you are today? What are you doing today based on that journey? That, and I call that the inward journey. Yes, it absolutely does. Yeah. And I think that um, I, people often say to me, so I, I spend most of my time now working with other business owners and entrepreneurs um, and company directors um, who are uh, struggling in some way, shape or form. And, and I work with them on two levels, I think. One is that they are either at a point in their, their journey where they're feeling stuck, so they feel capable of more. Um, they think they've got within them what they what they think, but they just can't seem to break through whatever it is that's holding them back personally. Mm. Or the second thing is that they seem to have achieved everything they ever wanted to achieve, but they suddenly feel lost. Mm. They thought that was going to bring them happiness. Um, you know, when I have the car, I talk about, you know, this when-then mentality. When I've done this, then I'll feel great. Or when I've done yeah. this, then I'll be successful. And right. they get there and suddenly realize that, well, I'm going to admit this isn't what I expected it to be and I don't feel any different. And so they then don't understand why that is. Um, so working with them in those two aspects on a personal level. But that came about um, not out of any, born out of any kind of strategic plan um, over my, my journey. It came about because I started to, some of the things that I was learning, I started to implement in my, in my own life to make changes for myself. And it, I started to then help my, my closest family, so my wife and my two sons, um, with some of the things that I was learning that I hoped would have an impact in their life. And as they started to achieve things, um, I started to share it with some other people. And then it just became a bit of a ripple effect, um, which is something I talk about now, which is why I like to speak, because I, I, I'm genuinely um, passionate about having this ripple effect that we can, if we can impact one person's life, we're probably impacting thousands of lives um, over their time because we've got the ripple effect and what started to happen was people started to come to me and say okay I've you know I've heard I've heard you, you tell your story or I know from some from somebody else that you something you said to them helped them um, I'm struggling with this could you could you think you could help and I we just started having conversations and then slowly but surely I, I realized that regardless of the businesses that I built. So I built a successful consultancy business and I realized that what I really, really enjoyed doing was telling people about the journey and the things I'd learned and having an impact in their life rather than doing the consultancy. Um, and so slowly but surely it transitioned from that into kind of coaching and speaking and mentoring. Nice. So there's a word that comes up for me, Dean, that is really all around you. And I would love to you to I would love for you if you could to share what this word means to you, and that word is courage. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because I think that previously I would have said that you know that courage is um, the ability to continue to do something in the face of fear, um, but actually, I think more more so over the last few years. Um, it's for me. It's more about um, it's more about having the ability to uh, to ask, uh, to raise a hand almost, and say, 
I, I could do with some help. I could do with some support, um, regardless of what's going on. So even when, um, you know, people say, and, and I don't use this word now, but people say to me, oh, you've had great success recently. And I still think, well, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. How can that be possible? Um, but even when, when, that, when I'm doing something that I think, oh, yes, this is really working, I still want to learn more. I still want to put my hand up and say, who can, who can help me go from where I am to where the next level or what can that be? Um, and I think that's what takes courage. Thank you so much for sharing that because so many people, I'm going to say men specifically, they feel that asking for help is a weakness. Personally, I feel that asking for help is a sign of strength. Can you talk about that theme? Yeah, I, I, I actually spoke about this with one, of, with one of my clients just recently where we, we had a conversation about asking, finding mentors um, to support you. Um, and this idea, um, he was he happened to be to be a man as well, but he, he was saying that um, he, he felt reaching out to people who were better than him um, was a sign of, of weakness for two reasons. One is that he, he didn't feel like he was worthy of their help because they were far better than him, in his opinion. And secondly, he felt that they would not help him because they would dismiss him as being someone who wasn't of their level or their standing. And actually, when we explored it, we talked a lot about this idea that that's actually more about his self-worth and, and then in, in time, my self-worth rather than anybody else. Yeah. Um, and that often what I found is when you ask people, even those who you think are, you know, way more successful than you in any uh, endeavor that you're trying to, to develop or learn, actually, they're usually more willing um, to help those who've come to them and asked because um, most people won't ask them very few people reach out. Um, and it was interesting because somebody had said to me that they read a book recently and um, they really wanted to speak to the author. They, they, they were so moved by the book. And I, I just, in a general conversation, I'd said, well, why don't you just contact them and ask? And they were like, well, you know, he's an author. He sold 2 million copies of his book. That's why would he have a conversation? And I'm like, well, but he's, you know, in the current climate, he's probably sitting at home or in his home office. He's still doing what we're all doing. He's still stuck at home. He's not, traveling anywhere so he might be thinking well it'd be fantastic to have conversations with people who you know my books resonated with and so we got, I got them to to send a message just to uh, on social media and he reached out to them to have a conversation and they were blown away by this idea that you know this person had actually reached out but I think that more people would do that if if we were to ask for help I believe you are spot on Absolutely spot on with that. Uh, I think we put people on pedestals. And when we put people on pedestals, we forget that they get dressed the same way we do in the morning. They brush their teeth the same way we do in the morning. You know, they eat breakfast. They have to clean their house or hire somebody to clean their house. Whatever it is, they're, you know, we're all human. And in the end, you know, there are some very, 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 very successful pe people who I personally wouldn't care to me because their values are so different than mine yeah you know so when you find somebody who is successful who shares the same values chances are they're going to want to speak with you because great leadership is about helping others be not as good as you but to surpass you to elevate them with their talents 
their skill sets and help them be the absolute best that they can be. So that's great leadership. What are your thoughts about that, Dean? Yeah, I, I agree entirely. Um, you know, this, this idea that, um, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. I, yeah. I, you know, I want to be a part of that essentially in that um, if we can elevate some people and, and, you know, from a coaching perspective, one of my ambitions always is not to help people to be um, uh, as good as, because people will say, oh, I, I, you know, I want to learn the things that you've learned. I don't want that. I want them to be the very best version that they can be of themselves. Of themselves, exactly. And not duplicate anything that, you know, we're all unique. They have a gift um, that I don't have. Um, and, you know, I've coached people. It's interesting because I had a conversation with somebody recently who's in exactly the same field as me. Uh, same sector, same industry. And someone was talking to me, I mentioned it and they were like, well, but why would you be having a conversation with, you know, a competitor? And I was like, well, because he doesn't deliver what I deliver. That's right. Because he's him and, I, and I'm me. Um, and he'll have an audience that will resonate with him and I'll have an audience that resonates with me. And so it doesn't make any difference as far as I'm concerned. There's, you know, we, we have unlimited opportunity and there's enough out there for all of us to take whatever our share is. And I truly believe that that individual who meant who made that comment doesn't understand that the more you give, no matter who it is, the more you get back. So there really isn't about competition. It's about each of us are so very different. We could be, each of us could be delivered, you know, talking about cereal, but how we talk about cereal is different. And the, the tribe is going to connect with the person who speaks about cereal in the way that they need to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. It's so yeah. simple. Yeah. It's so simple. So a term that uh, when you wrote to me to be on the show, you had said that you think the title for this episode would be releasing the mental handbrake. What mental handbrake did you have to release in order to be able to get to where you are right now? So there was a, there was a couple of key things. And, um, I discovered on my journey of personal development, um, I learned lots of things about, you know, how the mind works and, and those sorts of things and, and our subconscious. But the key thing for me, I think, which really kind of, um, was a light bulb moment. There was two things that really happened. One was that I started to understand um, how um, the belief system that I developed from from being relatively young as a you know as a young child between kind of zero and six or seven years old, the things that I'd experienced then, and and it sometimes in relatively innocuous ways, so not anything bad. I had a very good childhood, still lead you to have certain beliefs about yourself. And I, I'd grown up with two or three key ones. Um, which were which were specifically preventing me from from taking the action that I needed, and that's where that phrase came from. Is that I used I used it when I described what happened to people was that I'd say that I would go to an event, for example, a personal development event. I'd feel hugely motivated and inspired, and I'd come back and I'd start work and say, right, this is it. I'm going to go and do this, but it felt like it didn't matter how big I put the engine in the car. I was still driving with the handbrake on. It just, it just couldn't go at the speed I wanted to go. And it wasn't until I started to do that work uh, on myself in terms of breaking those limiting beliefs and understanding where they came from and, and how to, to eliminate them did I kind of release the handbrake and then be able to feel free enough to say, oh, I can go and do whatever I want. I can take whatever action I want. 
So that Congratulations. Was a, That's a big deal. Yeah, it was huge. That was the first real big thing for me. The second thing only happened about two years ago. And um, uh, you know, we, we talked briefly before we started. My, my, my parents, and when I was really uh, younger, they're from a, a kind of uh, religious background. Um, but as I kind of grew up, I, I, I probably, as most people do, I think, unless, unless they really kind of focused on that, I, I came away from that. And, and it wasn't really something that, that significantly resonated with me. But it was always there in the background, I suppose. And then two, maybe two and a bit years ago, um, I started to, to, to um, read and investigate other aspects of, of personal development, more around what people would call the spiritual side. But for me, it's, I think the word frightens people. It certainly frightened me for a while because you know, immediately you have connotations of religion and things like that. But I, I started down looking at some of those aspects in a bit more detail. And it, it was that that I alluded to earlier on when I said that it, it then started to become clear to me what had happened, you know, in the woodland on that day. And this idea that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not effectively a part of the universe. I am the universe and, and everything is unlimited. That gave me, you know, a whole new perspective on, on certain aspects of, of my life and allowed me to, to what I would feel, um, operate on a much more peaceful and calm level than I've ever been able to before. Um, uh, understanding that. So they were kind of the two big things that happened for me. One was kind of releasing the first mental handbrake of saying, okay, now I understand I can, I can take action. The second one was probably addressing something that I'd probably locked away in a box almost, um, because I, I didn't really want to go there. Uh, um, um, simply because I didn't, I, I, I created a link between the word and what I think it meant, what I thought it meant, um, until I started to explore it for myself uh, and understand what that really meant in terms of who I really was. Um, uh, and that's given me a, 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 another lease, if you like, in terms of being able to, uh, to go and talk freely about who I am and what I do. Congratulations. That sounds so wonderful. It really does. And what a great place to end today's episode. I do know that you would like to share a free gift for our audience. Can you share with them where they can find you and where they can get their, your gift? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So um, I'm on all the social media channels, um, Facebook and Instagram. You can get me at, at Dean Fox Coaching. Um, and on my website at DeanAFox.com, um, I have a uh, an ebook and coaching program, which is, um, uh, it's a module of part of a program that I have, but I, um, it talks simply about resilience uh, and helping people to understand the core concepts of what can impact them in terms of being able to build um, a total resilience um, process. And um, you, can, you can download that for free uh, directly at my website. And can you repeat your website, please? Yeah, it's deanafox.com deanafox.com excellent and thank you everyone awaken the possibilities audience for being here today as you know we are working on the intuitive leadership university that includes the leadership wisdom school the business wisdom school and the life wisdom school and to stay tuned in to what is happening with our launch please go to intuitive leadership and click on the 
university tab and just put your name and email in there so that we can let you know which school is going to be launching. Well, actually, it's the Leadership Wisdom School will be launching first. So stay tuned. AwakenThePossibilities.com is where you can find the podcast. You can also find us on most major stations and on our website, AwakenThePossibilities.com. This is Terry Wildeman, your host. Thank you so much for being here. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Awaken the Possibilities.